you've probably heard the term social credit scores, right? We've talked about the social credit system before. They do it in China. It is uh, simply oppressive what they do to the people in China. Um, they literally will, will punish individuals or red flag them for special scrutiny if they don't agree with the uh, government's view, the Chinese Communist Party's view on issues like climate change and gender fluidity or white privilege and other things. That's the kind of thing you expect in a, you know, in a communist nation. It's not the kind of thing you expect in a constitutional representative, uh, representative republic. And that's what we are. But that's where we're headed. I read a piece in Jack Windsor's uh, Ohio Press Network from Lisa Logan, who is the social-emotional learning advisor to Utah Parents United. And she is also the host of a YouTube channel, uh, Parents of Patriots. Uh, in addition to being a mom, she is a secondary education or has a secondary education teaching credential in phys ed and dance. She serves on the board of a local charter school, which is not surprising, and that's good. Uh, she represented, uh, or excuse me, presented for Freedom Works in D.C., and she's been on a ton of national podcasts, including Dennis Prager's Prager University. And Lisa Logan joins us now here on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Lisa, thank you for making the time uh, to join us here in Cleveland. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. It's a pleasure. Um, such an informative piece that I read uh, in uh, in the Ohio Press Network, which I assume they picked this up, and this is something that was syndicated. Um, but just this is something people have kind of mentioned in passing when we talk about the threat of critical race theory being a part, being a being a, a regular part of school curricula. Uh, when we talk about social-emotional learning, we talk about social justice initiatives, the end of meritocracy, um, and, and whether or not you are an active anti-racist, in addition to not just being a racist. All of these things are going to contribute to your social social credit score, including your willingness to comply with government requirements or edicts or suggestions, like getting vaccinated a certain number of times against various threats. All of these things that could go into a social credit system. And Lisa, your piece kind of led me to believe that we are a heck of a lot closer to that um, then, then maybe a lot of people realize that the emergence of ESGs, which uh, you you describe as uh, and very important uh, as the uh, environmental, social, and corporate governance scores, along with social emotional learning, has put us on the precipice of a very dangerous place. Can you t- tell us more? Right. Well, I, it is true. So many parents don't understand what is happening in schools today, and one of one of those things is the collection of their children's social-emotional learning scores through surveys and stuff done like through, uh, for instance, Panorama Education uh, and the teaching of social-emotional learning as a way to measure their child's compliance to them adopting these different mindsets offered to them through social-emotional learning. And I think a lot of people don't see that what we're doing here is um, it goes into the statewide longitudinal data system uh, those systems follow them from preschool through age 20, and we have people advocating to link workforce policy and education policy. So what we're seeing now with the social credit system with ESGs and businesses will come to pass also through their kids through social-emotional learning scores. And, and social, let's, let's do some term definition here for those who don't quite understand exactly what social-emotional learning means. Right, so social-emotional learning was originally brought into schools as an intervention program for children who really needed it. Most kids develop these skills 
in their early years just growing up with with a functional family, right? They, they see these interactions, they build healthy relationships, they know how to manage their emotions, etc. But uh, in 2020, and a little before that actually, there were a lot of initiatives and grants offered to states to bring social-emotional learning into schools as a part of a school-wide intervention. So instead of kids who really need it, they're teaching it to all children as a mental health program. And uh, what is even more interesting is that the organization that sets the five core competencies as well as the definition for social-emotional learning, what they're supposed to be teaching in schools, changed the definition in 2020 to be called transformative social-emotional learning. And that is why SEL is now a Trojan horse for things like critical race theory, teaching your kids that, you know, you know, gender is fluid, uh, that uh, they should become social justice activists for particular racial and gender causes like LGBTQA+, et cetera. And, uh, and this is why um, this measurement of skills is so dangerous because it, unless they adopt these worldviews, uh, there's going to be a real problem in the future. What kind of problems are kids facing if they don't adopt those worlds? In, in fact, not just the future. Let's stay in the schools. Let's stay where they are now as this, as this gets expanded, as you say, to transformative social-emotional learning. If the kids who are not, um, maybe, you know, maybe they're being raised a little bit differently, in other words, correctly, by parents who are teaching them the right things and teaching them the reality uh, of this country and of this culture and of their lives and of the Constitution and so forth, if kids don't willingly acquiesce to what the um, teachers and, uh, and those who are, who are evaluating them uh, want them to, what kind of trouble are they in? What are they facing? Well, first of all, I think it, it's, it's very troubling for the kids. Uh, the kids who are, are taught different things with their family and, and cultural beliefs have a real uh, state of cognitive dissonance when they're taught these these other things. They're told to reject their family values. They, they're told to view their parents as roadblocks. Uh, and and so it, it creates a lot of um, emotional and psychological trauma in these kids to, to have to, to question these things in the classroom. Uh, they also, you know, the part of a lot of these programs um, and in, involving the one specifically that I looked at called Second Step, mm-hmm. you know, they throw out these different terminology. Do you believe that, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, right, these political views, and they have to vote with their bodies, right, in a, in a setting with their peers. And so they're, they're facing scrutiny for their values, attitudes, and beliefs, which should be protected um, in the classroom environment. And so uh, I think that's the real danger is, too, of just currently, uh, of kids being forced to question their beliefs as well as being scrutinized by their own peers and teachers. Yeah, and not just scrutinized, but more importantly, ostracized. You know, social ostracization if they don't just follow the sheep, if they don't follow the crowd and do exactly what everybody else is doing, or face embarrassment by the teachers. You know, we continue to see more and more of these preschool teachers and uh, lower primary grade teachers posting their views on all of these, particularly the the gender fluidity things, on, on TikTok. Um, and they're talking about how all of my fourth grade or four year olds rather in my preschool know that I'm non-binary. Uh, and then, a, you know, a fourth grade teacher, and an eighth grade teacher. I've got seven of my 28 students are identify as trans. Well, no, you don't. Uh, these are people, these are young, impressionable children that you have intentionally coached and recruited and groomed to be something like that because you're telling them that that's what it's cool to be. Um, and these kids are impressionable. They follow the trends. Uh, they want to make sure their teacher is happy. They want to make sure that they're like their co, you know, their peers, as you say. And, uh, and what do they do? 
together, they all agree, we're not telling mom and dad about this. So mom and dad don't have a right or a role in raising their kids anymore. It's literally what the, you know, what the Marxist, uh, you know, um, doctrine calls for in breaking up the nuclear family and allowing the, the, uh, the community, if you will, led by the teachers to raise the kids. You're right. If anybody else did that in society, if anybody else came up to your kid and talked to them about sexuality, uh, we would be putting that person in prison. And so you'd have to ask, why is it acceptable for these teachers to be discussing sexuality with these young kids in these classrooms? It's not. And it definitely veers into the parents' role of teaching their kids what their values, attitudes, and beliefs should be. Right. We're talking to Lisa Logan. If you just turned it on, uh, Lisa Logan is the social-emotional learning advisor to Utah Parents United, and she hosts a YouTube channel you should check out called Parents of Patriots. How have you not been canceled by YouTube yet, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> seriously. We'll both know, but, but, but really, I, I am uh, putting a lot of stuff out there um, and revealing their plans of how they, they literally plan to take over our country. You know, PragerU, and I know you've been on PragerU, uh, PragerU has been canceled by YouTube countless numbers of times, and they have never put up anything nearly as aggressive as you are, at least in this article, if any of your work on YouTube is, is similar, and the Parents of Patriots is similar. Uh, so, I mean, it's amazing that they haven't caught on to you yet, because the, the overlords at Google slash YouTube are certainly going to start paying attention the more you start reaching, uh, the more people you start reaching. Um, <laughs> Hopefully they're not listening to this show, Bob, and, and decide to do it later this afternoon. I know, I know. Well, and you know what? If they do, it, it's a badge of honor, and you just have to find another way. You'll find a way to rumble your way to, to, the, to, to the parents' minds and, uh, and to let them know what's going on. Uh, let's move on from the schools to the workforce here. Um, you write, one of the most pressing needs of the workforce, according to the World Economic Forum, is emotional intelligence or an EQ score. How do they measure that? Right. Well, you know, I got tipped off on this, actually, by meeting with our governor's wife, Um I came to her, showed her all of the different ways that social-emotional learning through Second Step had these Marxist and critical race theorists and, you know, gender fluidity in it. Um, and she looked at me and she said, you know, my definition of social-emotional learning is not your definition. Um, my initiative wants to focus on emotional intelligence. And when I looked that up and understood that as one of the WEF or World Economic Forum's major uh, skills they want to cultivate um, for the 21st century, for the workforce, I, I, huge red flags went up for me. Um, and really, it, it's, it's to create a, a culture of inclusion in the workforce. So now uh, companies are saying, you know, we, we don't care as much about your job history and where you went to school and your grades. We're going to hire candidates based on emotional intelligence and how well that they're going to work with their peers and um, all of these soft skills. And so that's why the push for social-emotional learning is so huge is that um, – Schools are states now as a part of this, this initiative. Um, when they, I mentioned this in my article, when they belong to something like, for instance, a CASEL Collaborating States Initiative where they're linking education and workforce policy through an SEO lens, um, this is what they want to teach the kids in order to prepare them for the workforce of the future. Um, it's, it's an astounding uh, thing to consider that this is what they're trying to push on kids. And now let's talk about what they're trying to push on employers, too. I want to talk about the ESGs. You talked about the rise of the environmental, social, and corporate governance scores. The push here is to make employers not just not discriminate against people, as you know the 1964 civil rights law requires. You can't discriminate based on race or, or this or that or the other thing. 
but they want specifically to encourage hiring based on race. Encourage hiring based on race, sexuality, sexual orientation, gender identity, and on down the line, so that the every every workforce looks more like the community, looks more like the demographics of the national populace or maybe the community populace. But Lisa, isn't hiring to in, make sure that the workforce looks more inclusive by definition discriminatory against somebody who is going to be rejected because they might not have the right quota that they, they, they might they might you know uh, mess up the ratio so that it doesn't look quite like the uh, community does uh, exactly hiring based on race instead of uh, merit is highly racial um, and it, it's it's racist um, I, I can even say uh, my husband um, works for a large organization I'm not going to say which one but he was told to try to figure out, based on their resumes that was handed to him, which one was an ethnic or, for instance, a black uh, individual. And he could be graded as a manager uh, based on if he hired by race or not. And one would think that he should be graded poorly if he hires based on race, but rather he would be scored higher if he, hire, if he hires and makes those decisions based on right race, which is, which is direct discrimination in violation of the Civil Rights Act. Absolutely. That is, that is a remarkable thing. And then the last thing, all of this stuff is being pushed by organizations and groups, but has it been embraced by government? Is this something that the federal government will look at employers like your husband's employer or any of these schools that we are talking about and and, and essentially either approve by way of more funding or disapprove by perhaps less funding to various efforts and initiatives uh, based on these social credit scores that we're talking about? Oh, the government is completely bought in. The Department of Education actually during the COVID uh, crisis uh, put out a paper and also <laughs> through the American Rescue Plan and ESTRA funds provided a ton of funding. I believe it's $122 billion so that schools can adopt these social emotional learning programs. I believe that they know exactly what they're doing um, in putting these into schools as, as they partner with the organization, CASEL, that I mentioned earlier that uh, changed their definition of social emotional learning. They're actually advocating for the adoption of programs that promote transformative social emotional learning. Lisa Logan, last thing, I introduced you as being on the board of a local charter school, so I have to ask you about school choice. Any uh, any headway there in, in Utah where you are? To, what state did Oh, Arizona, I think. Was it Arizona that just recently actually passed a law that was signed by the governor that allows the state dollars to follow the student and not the uh, school and uh, take them if they want to get their education at a charter school or in, or in a private school, they can do that? So they did, and actually you'd be interested in my stance on school choice, Bob, because what I have found through much digging as well as what I've done with social-emotional learning is that school choice is the way that they actually plan to get a monopoly on the education system. All of the stuff that I just talked about is all based around data collection of our students, right? And these bills allow for assessments into private education sectors that are usually protected from government initiatives. And that money, that public money following the students into these private education options will actually bring more government regulation and more of these same initiatives.
Wow, that is interesting, and I'm glad I asked, and I think maybe I just uh, uh, came up with a reason to have a follow-up conversation with you so we can talk more <laughs> about about school choice. But for now, we'll focus on social credit, the social credit system uh, and the emergence of ESGs. Uh, this is uh, incredibly important. I'll urge everyone to read this uh, piece uh, in the Ohio Press Network by Lisa Logan, and then maybe follow that YouTube account, Parents of Patriots, while it's still online. Parents of <laughs> Patriots. Lisa, thank you for writing what you wrote. Thank you for the work that you do doing and for bringing this to us we appreciate it well thank you so much for having me i appreciate right. it it's a pleasure all right there's lisa logan read that piece and uh i think i already have it posted to uh, let me double check yeah it's on one of the top stories right now under the top stories heading on alwayswrite.us my website alwayswrite.us so you can click and read that article for yourself we'll be right back Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.